0: Academy. Episode twenty-seven.
1: Like I said, the only thing we discuss is culture. So we write every single thing that we want to discuss in a review down. And it's just all this behavioral things that we see. And what happens is we want to align everybody with the same type of behaviors. So we we put together something around our core values that is here's the, you know, kind of the specific behaviors we want to see. Here's behaviors that where you might over apply this, and here's behaviors where you might apply this concept. From there we've hired and fired based on this and at this point we have a, you know a shop 13 14 people who all behave in the same way all value the same type of behaviors and it makes you know and you know and, and Rick said something about right they want to they want to be a part of the process they want to you know you want commitment from them right they're the ones who are owning that
0: Welcome, AfterMarketers, to Remarkable Results Radio. Listen to learn just one thing from today's episode on your journey to remarkable results. Welcome, AfterMarketers, from North America and around the world to the Town Hall Academy Forum on Best Practices for Performance Reviews. Carm Capriato here, your host. So many business owners struggle with not only doing performance reviews, but with getting their people to change their behavior. This episode is a very concise lesson for you and one that you will learn a lot. This Academy episode is brought to you by Jasper Engines and Transmissions. Jasper has over 2,000 associates, three manufacturing facilities, two distribution centers, and 45 branch offices across the country. They're all working to produce, transport, and deliver the perfect product. That's what they do best. Keep customers happy. You know, because not everyone has the time to watch the Academy Forum live, this sister podcast of the Video Forum is perfect for every one of my listeners who's on the go and enjoys their audio uptake. So glad you're here. The show notes for this episode is at remarkableresults.biz slash A027. And there you'll find the cliff notes of this episode. No need to write down the key talking points. They're already done for you. There are also extended bios on my guests and links to their previous episodes. The Academy Podcast is another powerful resource of educational content inside the Remarkable Results radio program. Use it to improve your knowledge base and success. Now, if you have a topic you'd want covered on a future Town Hall Academy, just send me an email. You can find my social links and a link to my email at RemarkableResults.biz social. Now listen to Performance Review's Best Practices with Shari Pheasant, a certified behavior analyst, entrepreneur, speaker, business innovator, and coach. Shari is a member of Women in Auto Care and owns a service shop with her husband, Jeff. Shari is the recipient of the Business Innovator Award at the Business Expert Forum at Harvard in July 2017. She is the creator of Driven From Within, Horse Powered, and The Barn Boot Camp three programs that develop human capital potential for business teams and individuals. Rick White is here. He's been working in the automotive software and coaching industries for greater than 30 years and is currently an AMI-approved training instructor. He owned and managed several successful automotive repair shops. Currently, Rick is president and lead coach for 180Biz, an auto repair shop training and business coaching company, proudly serving the independent auto and truck repair owner since 2006. Also, Kirk Richardson, a young, successful entrepreneur born into a blue-collar, hard-working family. Kirk prides himself in his ability to create a family culture within his businesses. The culture is a blend of hard work, accountability, and fun, which combine to make loyal and dedicated co-workers. Kirk loves business and people in general, and will talk for hours about it. And also Joe Hanson, the manager of his father's business, Gordy's Garage. Since he can remember, he was either sweeping floors, running for parts, or working in the shop, and for the past 10 years or so, managing all the operations. Under his father's leadership, he has seen what it really takes to make a business like this work. Joe is a big contributor to the Academy. And now, here's your Academy Forum on Performance Reviews. Well, welcome everyone to the Remarkable Results Radio Town Hall Academy on Wow! Employee Reviews Best Practices. I don't know about you, but that's an interesting, very interesting subject. So we're, we're so happy to want to cover it with, with our experts here today. And we're also live on Facebook and, of course, here on, on our webinar platform. Rick White, I'd love to ask you the first question. Wow. Employee Reviews Best Practices. Rick, what's the purpose of an evaluation?
2: Personally, I think a lot of us are still stuck 23 years ago when we had an annual review and that was really the only feedback an employee got today, you know, and that's when businesses had five year plans today, you can't have more than a one year plan in a business. Things are changing so fast. It's a sin for your employees. to The only feedback they get for 51 weeks is a paycheck. That's terrible because they could be doing things you're not happy with, but if you're giving them a paycheck, that's positive. So you're rewarding the behavior you're getting, even if you're not happy with it. Employee evaluations, I think, are still relevant today, but I think they need to be done differently. It's not about catching people doing things wrong. It's not about punishing people. It shouldn't be tied to compensation. Evaluations should be, I believe, quarterly, and the evaluation should also be um geared today more towards goals and objectives to grow that employee, both professionally and personally.
0: You know, I, I love what you said. It shouldn't be tied to compensation. And, and let's just hold that up there. It's, I'm sure people on the, on the panel here may want to talk about it, but it's a great point, Rick. Thank you so much. Shari, employee evaluations begin at the interview, you believe.
3: I do. I believe that's when you start to establish your culture. You start to outline. You should already have their job, their role outlined. Um, If you allow the job to speak for itself, instead of telling you, you need to know how to, you need to have this many tools on hand, or you need to be able to run this program. It's really about soft skills. Soft skills are the hard skills of today. And that's, can you handle a chaotic environment? Do you like dealing with people? Um, And that comes by understanding the scientific evidence of who that, what that job needs and who that person is. So I believe right from the very first conversation you have with employees, you began setting the foundation for your evaluation process and your expectations as a leader.
0: You just said the word scientific. Would you please help me understand that part?
3: That comes from my behavior analyst um, role. We all believe we understand ourselves, but there's a scientific method of understanding your how, your why your acumen, and laying your EQ over that, which really um, has an, a, a total effect on how you relate to people, how you interact with your team, and how you grow your team in knowing what your human capital potential is that exists in your business. You may be missing a piece of that. So i um, you know, we come from a diagnostic and a very data-driven industry. I believe that if we apply that methodology to hiring and to understanding people, we'll learn to connect to the new workforce. Like Rick said, um, they don't want a boss. They want a coach. They don't want an annual review. They want conversations that are ongoing. Um, They're not just looking for a paycheck. They want a purpose. So the new workforce is demanding that we relook at how we bring them into the company, how we evaluate them and how we um, continue to retain our
0: workforce. Well said, Shari. Thank you, Kirk. She said something that I think you're big on. She mentioned the word soft skills. Uh, so when you do a review, it's really not about, you know, oh, you turn a good wrench. It's, it's about other things.
1: Yeah. I mean, our, our review process has absolutely nothing to do with how well you turn a wrench. Uh, she referenced EQ, right, emotional quotient, you know for us we use, we use the term emotional intelligence all the time internally, and it 's all emotional intelligence it 's all how do you interact with other people you know we we are talking about you know oh I got a problem i 'm I'm, I'm short a part right well th- we don 't really look at that as a uh, you know as a, like a part problem we look at that as like a people problem right? Someone on the other end of that wants their car back, and we don 't have that part right N- now we have a, an actual people problem um, so every, everything we do from a review standpoint has to do with soft skills, emotional intelligence type things. Um, And we take our five core values and we review behaviors against our five core values. That's how our, you know, we do them quarterly and that's how our reviews are done. It's all soft skills.
0: Thanks Kirk. Joe, are you guys at Gordy's doing a yearly's quarterly's uh, what's going on there? So we we
4: would do a quarterly review. Those would be more of a a little bit shorter and at the end of the year, we'll also do a, a yearly review and, that doesn't mean that it's like daily. We're we're constantly working on giving feedback because to me, you asked what what is a, a review, and to me, it's just constant feedback. T- uh, employees want to know how they're doing. You know, they want to know they're doing a good job for you. They want to know that uh, they're meeting expectations. They want to know that their job is safe. So I think that working on daily reviews and just giving them feedback, encouragement, areas of improvement that they can uh, do that that's where it's at. So.
0: If your customer has a vehicle they like, they shouldn't have to get rid of it because the engine, transmission, or differential failed. You know, because you and your customer know the vehicle maintenance, there's no reason they can't keep it on the road. Depreciation, license, insurance, interest, add them all up and they'll probably total more than it would cost to install a remanufactured product from Jasper Engines and Transmissions. Personal finances only go so far. Daily living expenses, college for the kids, and, as we all hope, retirement. So before your customer rushes out to buy a new or a newer used vehicle because their engine or transmission has failed, contact Jasper and find out how a remanufactured product from Jasper Engines and Transmissions can extend the life of your customer's present vehicle for an amount much less than the higher expenses that come with a vehicle trade. Give their vehicle a new lease on life with Jasper. Some companies, small companies, say, listen, we don't do reviews because we review all the time. Now, that's a great excuse, but you have to actually want to. Is it, is it formal? Is, is it perpetual reviewing formal, or is it just catching someone doing something right? Or is it about redirection?
3: I think yeah. it's a combination depending on your culture. If you walk out and a customer, let's say one day, um, takes your side and says, Joe was great. He your service advisor. He went out of his way, et cetera, et cetera. You take a little tiny piece of paper, you note it that day, you throw it in his folder. Um, you make these notes because we can't remember everything. There's so much going on in our lives that it's important to document. And I think the, the casualness of daily or weekly and then a smaller version of quarterly is great. Then the yearly is where you really document, did we reach the goals we were, we were looking for? What are your new goals that we want to achieve in the next year? What's the next level for you? That needs to be a little more formal. That way we get, we, the accountability sticks. So it's important to have this, the soft um, touches throughout the year. But then we need to have a formal way of having accountability that sticks.
2: Well. I agree completely, Sherry, and and one of the things that you said was the fact that people are looking for purpose today. When we have our daily discussions or conversations, that's feedback, and that's more about nuts and bolts. Did we get what we wanted? How did you do yesterday? Where did we go with this? But I think the reviews, if you're doing them quarterly, it gives you a chance to kind of step back from the business a little bit and get back into the purpose part of it and keep them engaged and focused on why are they here? And what is their contribution? So and why? I think that's really important.
3: We fire for attitude more than we fire for aptitude because aptitude without attitude is a big fat zero. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you can know everything you need to know about what you do, but if you're not willing to do it, if you don't bring that thriving energy of engagement to the team, you're not helpful to yourself, the business, or anyone else.
2: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and I think for it, either feedback or the evaluation process to be effective, you really need to have clear goals and expectations right from the get-go because they become a ruler that anybody can use to measure how they're doing. It takes the whole process away from the owner's emotional status or state and, and puts it into how are we doing. And I think that's really important. The other thing I used to do, and because I was we had job descriptions every one of us when I had the shop, including me as the owner. When I did reviews with my employees a week before I would do their review, I handed them an empty review sheet and they had to review my performance. They had to let me know how I was doing and where I could improve and those those kind of things. It's really important as an owner, we have scotomas. We don't see everything and we need these different perspectives to help us be the best we can.
4: I agree with Rick on that because we, we do the same thing on the yearly review we'll hand out roughly a week sometimes two weeks prior to we'll hand out a form and it has all the questions on it are we uh, things like is our you know is our company meeting what our our, our goal is are we fulfilling you know, are we fixing vehicles right the first time are we serving our customers and it's interesting the, the feedback you get because you'll get some that say yes some that say well kinda and you can really learn so much about what we can do as owners better for our employees during that same uh, yearly review process. So it's as valuable to them as I think it is to us. So we can get feedback from each other in a comfortable, right. safe environment. Cause at that point we're asking for it. So that gives them a safe environment to say what they want to say without fear of, you know, backlash, if you will.
2: Absolutely. And, and it's important because you don't manage people. Ask my wife. She's been trying to manage me for 14 years. It doesn't work. What we do is we manage agreements And that's why it's so important to have those things right up front. So everybody knows. So now when I'm not getting what I want, I can sit down and say, Hey, we talked about this. This is what we were looking for, right? Yep. You said you were going to do this. We're not doing this. What can we do to make it happen? And, you know, reviews aren't to punish. They're not right. Because when you punish someone, all they do is avoid the behavior that got them in trouble. It doesn't get them doing what you want them to do. So, it's a different mindset you know most of us grew up in what I call the compliance era where it was do it my way or get get fired and today people are looking we're looking for commitment from our people and we're not going to get that by dictating they have to be part of the process
0: Kirk you are so big on culture Uh, can can you share with us a little bit, you know, you've got those five core values and give us a scenario as to how your perpetual evaluation works.
1: What everybody's saying here is right. Like at a minimum, you got to sit down and talk to people. You owe that to them. You know, and for us, it's. like I said, the only thing we discuss is culture. So we sit down and we are literally, you know, and like I, I believe it's Cherie said, you know, take notes. We write every single thing that we want to discuss and a review down, right? Um, and it's just all this behavioral things that we see. And what happens is we want to align everybody with the same type of behaviors um, so we, we put together something around our core values that is here's the you know kind of the specific behaviors we want to see here's behaviors that where you might over apply this and here's behaviors where you might under apply this concept um, you know and from there you know we've you know and like sheree said we've we've hired and fired based on this and at this point we have a, you know a shop 13 14 people who all behave in the same way, all value the same um, type of behaviors. And it makes, you know, and, you know, and and Rick said something about, right. They want to, they want to be a part of the process. They want to, you know, you want commitment from them, right. They're the ones who are owning that. Right. And they realize that management, you know, me and the, you know, the other managers in the building will hire and fire on this. And the more you do that, the more they are committed to that process and the more they're committed to right the culture that is defined, and we now get to sit down in these reviews and, you know, they're, they're sort of cupcake reviews at this point because we get to sit in there for 20 minutes and he prays on people about how well they behave. You know, and I feel like sometimes I'm an elementary school teacher um, because we talk about behavior so much and, you know, it, it does get a little elementary sometimes because we do have 13 people at this point.
0: You know, tell me about the goal piece, everyone, you know, are are we, are we doing just in time goal setting or are we using a formal review process to do that?
3: Are you asking we as a team or we as an industry? There's, that's a different answer because I see top shop owners here, but in our industry, um, if we look at the larger percentage of the shop owners, I don't, I don't think we're doing this now. They don't have have
0: goals. Well, you know, here's the purpose of the academy. We ask the top shop owners, and the industry listens and learns. So, so you know, we're we're really asking that question: What do our coach experts believe that you know you're helping? And then, and what what are our shop owners doing? It's a beautiful team, you know. We've got two coaches and two shop owners.
1: I mean, so for us, can answer that: we don't we don't have a. (laughs) There's no plan when we exit the review for behavior it's either get on board or get out, you know, and we don't have a, there's not a long grace period, right? Always the first three months people are a little bit in shock. Honestly, they're like, "What? you guys are real weird. Um, you know, you like, like each other and you know, high five each other. And you know, it's, we hug a lot and it's a strange environment for a lot of men. Um, I'll be honest. And you know, we say get on board. Like there's no, these aren't difficult behaviors. These are decisions you make and how you, how you act. Um, And if you don't fit, you're gone. But we take, you know, so you said just in time goal setting. So every single day, technicians have a goal. Every single day, service advisors have a goal. Every single week, they have a goal. Our company has quarterly goals. Our company has one year goals, right? We review these at a minimum, at a minimum, once a week, every goal we have in the building. Um, and obviously, weekly daily goals we review those every single day. Um, the number that our industry is so data rich so numbers rich you can constantly put um, you know key performance indicators in front of your staff that 's not that 's not overwhelmingly challenging
0: I love your point we 're so numbers driven we forget about the soft skills that really make you know and, and i can 't hesitate to think that level of concierge, high high level of customer service all comes from the behavior of the team and the culture of the company.
4: When we're talking about goals for the company, those obviously are very important. But in order to, I believe that in order to make the culture right, when you're doing your reviews, that's an excellent time to find out what's going on in that person's life, mm-hmm. um, to find out what they're, what they're looking for, right? Uh, maybe they're looking to get a new house or a new car or whatever it might be. And, and if you can align their personal goals with your business goals and then have that fit into the culture, that's a, you just hit it out of the park right there. So.
3: I think that's a great point because, you know, everyone has different goals. A technician is going to be, how many cars, how many billable hours? A service advisor is going to be what's your average RO um, and what's your labor and parts margins. So there's different goals, but those goals align together. And when you achieve those goals, if you're on a performance-based pay plan, then you're achieving what you just spoke of, their personal goals. You want to get a new car, you want to buy a new house. How can we help up your pay so that you can save a little bit more um, and, and make that happen? A lot of companies even have the Christmas fund or savings fund where they take it right out of their paycheck before to help them achieve better financial success. So that's an amazing, amazing culture.
0: So let's talk about that performance-based pay and how it connects with reviews in the the whole company.
2: I still
3: think
0: that
2: even when you are on performance-based pay, evaluations have nothing to do with it. They have to be set on criteria, and that's what the performance-based is. The whole idea behind performance pay is, first of all, as owners, we're on performance-based pay. If the shop doesn't do well, we're the first ones that don't get paid, Right. So the reality is, and I've seen it over and over, and Sherry, I'm sure you have as well, any shop that's being paid either hourly or salary, their production is lower than somebody that's on performance-based pay. And we have this misnomer in our industry that says we can either have it fast or we can have it good, but you can't have both. And that's wrong. You can have both. So the whole idea of performance-based pay is to take and make my goals their goals. It's to help them grow and the harder they work reward them for it the more they put out reward them for it they deserve it
3: they can give themselves a raise
2: Um, absolutely
3: you know flat rate it has to go um we still have it i bump into it and the first thing i do is give them the big you know oh no really you're still on flat rate and they're like what do you mean and i said well Legally, there are starting to be repercussions for that. Um, When an employee leaves after they've been with you for 15 years, they have the right to go back for that 15 years of employment and identify all the times they weren't paid for their time present at your shop, and they're being rewarded by judges, all of that back pay. I know a shop in Southern California that paid over $45,000. That was the negotiated fee because it was more than double that to settle um, that court case. And I think if you just think of the culture, Kirk, like you're talking about, what protector, provider and patriarch or matriarch for, uh, if you have a female technician wants to come to work, put in hours and not be paid for that. Um, you need to pay for their time at a basic rate. And then according to their performance, their ASEs, um, their time with you, all of the other things. Um, and maybe you, you put in your evaluations. What was your evaluation? Did you get a good evaluation? Are you an employee in good standing? What does that mean? Um, and you identify all those things. Um, that's, where the performance-based pay comes in, and you can put your core values and your culture and what you need in your culture as um, a, a, as a something, a piece of that that structure.
0: Well, you know, I didn't mean to go off on that tangent, and I think that's an entire you know academy all on its own. But but thank you for bringing that up, and you know, we we always love to incite an idea, and you know, and sometimes take the academy to places that it never goes. But I think about the 360 degree review team and, you know, I love the concept of, yes, it's a chance to talk about me, but I also want to talk about my boss. My boss should say, hey, so it's your chance to review me and to review the company.
1: We do this every quarter. Um, we, I, I've got some of my best feedback, um, you know, from, in you know, the people I work with reviewing me and our managers, you know, every quarter we send all of the employees in a room and say, speak truth. Like, don't, don't come in here and, you know, sugarcoat it. Don't lie. Like tell us what it is you think, Um, you know, and and where our behavior, right. Doesn't line up with our core values. Like, please let us know. Um, I, you know, I've been told, stop talking, stop talking to customers. Like they literally (laughs) told me that. Um, I, don't know. Right? I don't know. Joe knows me. Um, you know, stop talking to customers. You know, I bought a shop, and honestly, it was a uh, it was a rough customer base for a while. And I was just basically like, if if you're in here causing problems, like you're out of here. And you know, and they said, stop doing that. Like you're 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 causing problems for us. And I'm like, I I'm trying to I'm trying. And I was like, well, I'm trying to keep these people away from you. And they're like, let us deal with them. And I was like, yeah, you're right. You 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 guys are 100% right. Yeah, yeah,
3: you heard them. You acted on that. Your leadership skills and your accountability were right where you expect your employees to be. And that's an amazing piece to have in a team.
0: Uh, Kirk, do you believe that the reason that you listened to them is that you were pretty darn self-confident?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, I also think they're pretty smart people. This is what I've just learned, right? If you look at people and say, hey, here's your role. Here's the expectations. I'm not going to get in your way. Go do your job. Right, people love that. They feel freedom. They they, they want to rise to the occasion, right? Um, and especially when everybody else in the building is held to the same type of standards. I think for us in our industry, and I think I was talking to my buddy about this yesterday. And I think probably most industries, when people do reviews, they're not interested in being honest. They're not interested in uh, you know the 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 person like performing the review, right. Isn't interested in being honest. They want, you know, the false harmony. They want everybody to feel okay. They don't want to create tension. They don't want to push on people. Um, You know, and certainly in our industry, right. Um, I think most shop owners are afraid of losing an employee, right. I don't, I don't want to say anything to Joe because Joe's going to quit if I push too hard on Joe. Um, Hmm. You know, if if the culture is, Hey, no, we're all going to get pushed on. Right, from the leadership, from the owner, all the way down to right the the guy pushing the broom every day, we're all going to get pushed on. Um, it it creates
4: an environment where everybody's okay with that. You know, it, it does change that dynamic a little bit. The thing too that you say, Kirk, is that if the culture's right, like in your shop, I've been in your shop, and the culture's right. So when you critique somebody or you or you you're giving them advice, right? Yep. That comes from um, not to sound weird, but from a spirit of you want to of of like love or helping so they they understand that so it's not like they're taking it necessarily personally they know that it's for the betterment of the whole team so Mm -hmm. so i i think that when uh, going back to what you're so good at kurt is the culture if we we have the culture right so it's much easier to to critique and to Mm -hmm. uh give positive feedback so and, and not taking yourself too serious. I mean, I, before I left my shop this morning,
1: uh, these guys were uh, making fun of me because I, uh, they were at a training s- seminar a year ago and uh, we were closed on a Saturday and I was in there working and I'm fixing cars and this customer comes in and they need a battery and it was a reverse terminal battery. And I put the wrong <laughs> battery in and blew the fuse up and it was a brand new Honda and whatever, you know, they feel comfortable enough to tell me I'm a crappy mechanic. um, You know, and, and in a like a true way in a like, Hey, I'm, I, as the leader, am no greater than you, and we break things and we all screw things up and we all wanna do better. Um, And and that has to be the feel if you wanna be able to look someone in the eye and say, let me give you some real feedback.
0: Uh, You know, it goes back to what Shari said earlier about EQ. Um, I was at a week-long EQ um, seminar, if you will, and it really changed me an awful lot. And, and I think what I think you're all saying here is performance reviews given by a self-confident, very self-aware individual uh, is going to take on a completely different format as the giver of the review, who's also willing to be the receiver of the review of themselves and the company. And, and that could be the strongest message coming out of this academy. It, it's not, yeah, you got to do them. Here's your frequency. Oh, is there a form? It's more of the people, the personal side
2: it's a conversation, and the key word for an excess, uh, for a successful leader today, the two key words, are humility and transparency. You know it's really what it comes down to i'm a human being just like you, I don't need you to fluff up my feathers, I'm secure, I know I make mistakes, I can get better like Kirk said, but I need to see it, and you can help me do
3: that. You have to understand the context that you bring to the table as leader and that does require confidence, Carm. You said it earlier in reference to Kirk. When you're confident, then there is no room for ego. And ego is what stops you from being willing to be humble and transparent. As leaders, um, I think that in the workforce in general, there's been a big push for leaders to be perfect in order for respect to come from employees and vice versa. But that's really disrespectful. We need to respect the humanness of who we are and how we can work together to make things better. And so I think when a leader... uh, Like Kirk or Joe or Rick, all these guys here—they really emulate that. Look, it's not going to be perfect. I'm going to make mistakes. Let me know what those are. Let's Mm -hmm. talk about how we move forward from that mistake. And communication is the base to all of that. So I think it's important to remember the context you bring to the table. And in that, our industry is 56% of of our, 75% of our owners are previous technicians. That mindset of a technician is I, I need to figure out the problem. I need to get it figured it out the first time it better be right or it's the part's fault in a very funny way. Now, if you take that mindset and you apply it to leader, I know what I'm doing. I'm going to get it right. It's going to happen the first time where it's somebody else's fault. If that mindset is happening in the leadership of the company, which I've seen it. It's subconscious. They don't realize it. It's just a pattern of the brain. We're dealing with the brain here and you have to break that pattern. I think that's what leads to an unhealthy culture is the leader wants to show I'm not just a technician. My value used to be in fixing cars. It's not there anymore. I need to identify where my value is. And they step into the business portion, which includes the evaluation portion of leadership of other people. But where's the training in that? Where have we taken the time to shift that mindset to make it healthy leadership and, I think that's really a core principle that if we strengthened in our industry, we'd find much better cultures, more enriched for personal growth in our shops.
4: And I think I just th- that struck a chord with me, what you just said, because when you look at um, to give a, a, a good review and, and, and to treat your employees right, you have to be confident. You have to be a leader. And that's a huge lack in this industry. There is so much need for people to become better leaders, probably every industry, but this is the one we're in. So that's what we're talking about. And, and we, and we sit back and we look at our industry and we say, okay, there's a shortage of skilled help. There's a shortage of, 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 of all positions being filled in our industry. And quite frankly, it's our fault, right? I mean, we we and Kirk have talked about that. And the reason it's our fault is because we've, we've not led properly. We've not maybe treated people the way that we should have treated them. Right. So now we're we're reaping what we've sowed which is not good so we're short-handed so it's it's time to change or people are going to have to just get out because we have to fix the industry and it really starts with us on the panel it starts with every shop owner out there every technician that's looking to become a shop owner you got to work we have to work on ourselves first and become better people so that we can lead people and the technical part of it'll come because people will be attracted to what we what we're offering and that's a good culture to work, make a living, support a family, and uh, get into doing something that they'll love doing. So, And uh, I, it needs to start now, that's for sure, because mm-hmm. it's, it's almost like an emergency mode, if you will, when you, when you talk to industry people.
2: It's awesome because it really does come down to culture. When, and, Kirk, you're dead on because when you think about it, when, they, when, you talk, when you listen to people and millennials talk about the top companies to work for, Google, right, um, Zappos, and all those other ones, they're the companies that have really dialed in the culture. That's really where it's at. Because yeah. when we can get that in place, the, the turning the ranch and the pushing the buttons on a keyboard, those are, those are nothing.
0: Think about where this Academy episode has gone, to places I never expected it to go, because I'm hearing the passion from, from each one of you, which is why you were all invited to be here. Now, Joe... I loved your passion a few moments ago. We've got to become better leaders so that we can be better reviewers, <laughs> and it's it's and and you I wrote down the word, then where do we get the training not only to be better leaders. And and Rick, I have to ask you a question, and, and I want you to hold it, hold the answer in your head. Are there enough business coaches in our industry that are doing enough leadership training, or are are they doing uh, leadership training a- as a sidebar? You know, in in those m- private coaching sessions, hold, hold that thought, and then uh, where is their training? Is their training to do a good review that breeds culture?
4: I, I personally believe that. There, there can always be more training, right? I, I mean, there's always more needed uh, as far as enough coaches, I, maybe. But I, again, to, if you were to say, are there enough coaches? No. Well, that's a way out. That's a cop out. Because as business owners, there's so much material out there. I mean, this is not new stuff that we're talking about. Leadership has been around since the beginning. So if we take the, the, if we act responsible for what we're supposed to be doing, we'll go seek that out and figure it out. Uh, leadership is not an automotive thing. It's not, a, it's not an industry-specific thing. Leadership is leadership. It's about leading people, right? So we can get that anywhere. You can get that at the library. You can learn that at church. You can learn that from uh, other successful business people. You become part of groups. I mean, you, you just look around. You can get it. Uh, I think one of the big lacking things, at least for me in the beginning, was you got to be willing to sit down and dedicate time to reading and figuring things out. You can listen to audios all you want. You can watch movies and, and, and all that. But you really sit down. If you read, that changes you. That makes you different. And you can reflect on that, what you're reading. And that, and, and, and that is what will make the difference. And it's contagious. I mean, the top shop owners that I know, they all read. They read a lot. And we talk about it. We do book studies together. We, I mean, it's just the way it is. And it's normal. And it's great. And we're not perfect, but we're better than what we were. So I think that as leaders, we all have to take that responsibility of there's enough out there.
0: An important book that changed me as a leader from John Maxwell, developing the leader within you uh, way back 1998 or something of a long time ago. He's probably written 50 books. He's one of the foremost leadership experts. You can sign on to John Maxwell, get his Maxwell message every, every day. And he he serves it up really nice and e- and easy. Great, great books, John Maxwell on leadership. And, and I guess that's the point, Joe. Perfect. Go out and start reading and, and get your own personal development. If you're going to be in this industry for a long, long time and, you know, I, I go back to last week's thing on succession planning. You know, it, it, you just don't decide to sell your business. You have to grow a great business so you can sell a great business and you need to start you need to start on that. But but back to back to uh, I'm sure everybody has a comment based on you know the the leadership piece. John John Maxwell
2: has a great quote that he says if you think you're a leader and you look around, you know, and no one's following, you're just going out for a walk.
0: And and in the first paragraph of that for, uh, that first book that I read has stuck with me my whole life since I read that and his definition of leadership is this. Leadership is influence, nothing more nothing less.
1: You have to be worth following. I mean, I like so many people think that right. I opened a shop. So people are going to come around and do whatever it is. I say they're going to do, or, you know, when I hire people, they're going to do whatever it is. I say, you know, no, they're not. Um, You have to be worth following and to be worth following. People have to know you're vested in them. People have to know you care about them. People have to know that you think that that person's a whole person. They're not just some robot at work, right? How do do I know your family? Do I care about your family? Do I care about one day you want to retire? Do I know that if you're a mechanic, you can't work past the age of 50? Am I making sure that like you know your body is rested? I mean, there's so many things that go into this, but you have to be worth following. And the way to be worth you know to, to get people to follow you is actually care about them care about them as much as you care about your own well-being or more and people will follow you and in our industry i just talk to shop owners i i interview people constantly right i never stop recruiting it breaks my heart when i talk to technicians who talk about shop owners who don't give a darn about anybody but themselves right like you're no no one's gonna follow you right? right if if you care about yourself more than you care
3: about the people you work with And Kurt, that comes from a scarcity mindset, wouldn't you say, that the shop owners, their perception of the employees is they don't care for anybody but themselves because they're in a scarcity mindset where – they look at their business as survival. And mm-hmm. so it's always looking at what what what's out there for that I can put together. And I think you guys are really hitting on it. It starts with self. To be worth following, you have to start with yourself. Mm-hmm. You have to understand yourself, know how you're perceived, you have mm-hmm. to understand others. And then you have to bridge the gap between you. That's a basis of what I teach because, you know, as Zig Ziglar said, you build people first then Mm -hmm. people build a business. And so your customer service starts on the inside of your business. It starts with the very first interview when you bring people in and and defining your culture and defining your roles and how you hold them accountable So and how you hold yourself accountable. Because if you hold yourself accountable and you set the Mm -hmm. pace, like these gentlemen on this podcast today, then your employees are going to rise to that and be that. If you are the other type of owner that Kurt was talking about, then you are breeding a a whole culture that is going to tear your business down. It's going to cause you stress. You're going to make less profits. I know for a fact that employee happiness is the ultimate profit driver. Period. End of statement. Um, And if we accept that and we we pour into, we invest into our employees and we do care about their value system, we care about giving them ownership of our business, we care about um, understanding how they work and then how we work scientifically as a team together, that's honoring the uniqueness that we all bring to the table as individuals in the team as a whole.
2: Right. Managers... And leaders treat their employees like it's a checkers game they want them all to move the same way and do the same thing and it's not it's a chess game everybody's doing something different and as a leader i have to orchestrate those moves to achieve the win that i want and that we all want and you know one of the things that i talk about all the time is we're you know we're very very clear that when we're hiring people we have to be very careful about the questions we ask we can't ask about family we can't know about all these different issues but as soon as they 're an employee, you want to know as much as you can about mm-hmm. that employee. I used to buy birthday gifts for my employee 's children, and they were relevant gifts. I knew he liked Legos, and I got him this big Lego thing, and he that makes a difference it 's engaging the employee, showing them that you care about them. Yes, they are there to produce a result, but they 're still a human being. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, they're they're a whole human being, right? It's exactly. not just work, Joe. Right? Joe Joe has many interests and in things in his life outside of work. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you know, but I mean, I you know you you just said something Rick, right, and this isn't to like pick on you. And I, I know exactly the context and the things you're saying, right? Like I never say my employees, right? I get to work with these people. These aren't like my employees. They're free. They can go anywhere they want. They can do anything they want. They can go get another job in five minutes, and I never behave like that's not the case. Um. You know, but it just goes back to right. I, the leader has to be worth following, right? Um. You know, but yeah. You know, I mean, it's something. That, you know, when I hear that, I always just say, no, no, no. Like, call them co-workers. Call them people you work with. Call, they're not your employees. Um. You know, and from a you know from a um you know from a review standpoint, right? You want to sit down and review with someone and then say, right. I get to look at them and say, like, I don't think I'm any more important to this business than you. I think there's different value associated. I think I have different skills. But I'm no more important than you. Right? So when we sit down in this review, this can be a conversation. You can tell me anything you want. You can tell me anything. Tell me how you feel. That's always how we start it. How are you feeling? Right? How do you feel? How is... right? your wife, how are your kids? Um, You know, and that is so important to be, you know, this is to bring it sort of back to reviews, but um, to be able to get people to, you know, that commitment level, right? It is caring about them as a whole person.
2: Right, and you're right. Thank you for the correction. It really isn't hierarchical (laughs) anymore. It is a flatter flatter play. We didn't mean it that way. No, 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 it's okay because, you know, words are what we use today. Those are our tools. And you're absolutely right. If I call someone an employee, That's really the wrong thing. They're a team member. They're part of the crew. And and we're all there doing different functions. And if any one of us is missing, the organism isn't old. And so you're absolutely right. So thank you very much for that.
3: A a Company of Owners, great book. This isn't just the automotive industry. You know, I've made some shifts and I'm back in my own hometown a lot more than I used to be. And we picked up some clients in the insurance industry, the real estate industry, the broker industry, and a fast food industry. uh, uh, franchise. So, and they're having the same problems. So we are yeah. not unique in this. We are not um, a horrible industry. We are not, look, we're awesome. I love this industry. Um, I wouldn't be in it if it wasn't for my husband and my son. And I am so thankful for the men, men in my life that have opened up this beautiful opportunity for me to work with what I see as the underdog. We, we work so hard and our value to the consumer isn't really established like it needs to be. And so Oh, Carm, that's my book. That was the, the that's why I wrote the book. I wanted to get something out there that I could use as a tool, as a give to be a trusted advisor. And the first thing I tell people is don't Call them on the phone and ask for a quote. Um, the the anchor in Chicago was like, "Are you kidding? I do that all the time." And I said, "Why? It's like calling your doctor and asking for a diagnosis over the phone. You can't do that." And so we have a lot of things we're working on as an industry as a whole. Our employee relations, our culture, and our evaluations and interviews of our employees all link into that. It's all connected. If you have a good team with a great culture, you've interviewed from the time you set up their their interview with them. And by the way, assessments are EEOC compliant. And, and comp- larger companies are using them. They don't have to cost a lot to figure out if that person's going to be a right fit for your team before you even hire them. Oh, yeah. right. and, and so we have to invest in developing people more. Um, it, investing does bring that value to the table quicker for you and um, make things happen. So I, I think the things we struggle with as an industry... We can surmount if we do it together and we get together by having better employee evaluations and you have that by having a better culture. So it's really all 360 from the way we communicate to the way we run our business.
0: You know, it's it almost sounds redundant. Every time I get ready to close off an academy, I say it's gone places that I never expected it to go. And it's true. You know, Joe, you've been on panels before this uh, this went places that i never expected it to go because you brought your passion um rick and and kirk and shari and joe thank you um i took away some fabulous words here humility transparency honesty leadership you know this is off the charts we we need to promote this through and into the industry get everyone to listen to the podcast rewatch the the hd video when it comes out probably for tuesday and um Let's go around the room and, and give us your, your, your final little uh, summary of uh, you know the talking points you brought here. Rick, we'll start with you. The last, the only point that I didn't get,
2: a, uh, get to touch on that I think is really important and prevents people or shop tra- owners from having evaluations is they mistake or confuse the difference between confrontation and conflict. Confrontation is the strongest tool as a manager or leader we have. We use it to address behavior and performance issues. See, confrontation attacks an issue where conflict attacks a person. Confrontation brings an employee that strayed back into the fold, whereas conflict pushes them away. Confrontation is used immediately so we can address the issue, whereas conflict builds up and builds up, and then the owner snaps, and it all comes out. Confrontation is collaborative. Conflict is singular. It's the owner bursting out at the employee's. And if the shop owner, I've worked with so many shop owners through this process, and when they understand that confrontation is their friend, it's amazing what happens to their business. And and because we have the 360, the employee has to feel that they can confront the owner. And I said, employee, I'm sorry, I'm going to break that habit. It's going to take me a little bit, right? <laughs> but the coworker can come to the owner of the company in the same fashion because confrontation is to help them get better, right? A true friend will stab you in the front, right? I think Oscar Wilde said that, and that's what we need.
3: So I think to go along with that, that employee evaluation begins at the interview, it's understanding what you're looking for. Um, I think scientific data uh, to do that is important. It helps you get to know people on a much quicker basis. It's like using a diagnostic tool on a car or not. Um, You always want to grab Bob, the diagnostic tool, um, to use him on a car. Um, You have to have clear um, and well-defined roles and expectations right from the beginning. Set your goals and direction together. So that 360 degree requires having a company of owners where everybody um, has value in their perspective and what they see and being open as a leader to be transparent and humble to learn. Um, Coworker happiness is the ultimate profit driver. See how fast I learned, gentlemen? Um, and I think that's a great point in just getting that message out there strong. And when you make a mistake, because you're going to make mistakes, leaders, shop owners, don't be afraid of them. Embrace them and let everyone lift you up from that mistake to move forward.
4: There's a lot. You guys are amazing. You guys had so many uh, great points. I was actually I have a whole page of notes I was taking during that.
0: You know, I've gotten so many emails from guests on the Academy. They say, wow. I learned more than anything I said. I took so many great notes, and you know, I, I need to tell everyone this: when we when we release the podcast episode, and it has its own page on my website, the talking points are actually there. There could be up to ten or twelve. So, if someone's out listening and they say, "Oh, I got to," I remember they got to write that down. I'll bet you, if you go back to the show notes page, you'll find the notes, the bullet points already there. So you can literally print that. And maybe start using that as a guide, a strategic guide for, for change. Joe, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I'm glad. That's all right.
4: Cliff notes. Those would be cliff notes. Those are great. Use those (laughs) in school. I love them. The the one that stood out for me was what Kirk said. He says we have to be uh, uh, worth following. Right. And that comes from uh, 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 an attitude of responsibility. So we, in order to attract people into this industry and to, uh, and to give positive feedback and, and positive reviews so that people want to stay in the industry, right? Cause they succeed. We have to be responsible for growing ourselves as leaders. And, and that to me is the biggest lack that is out there right now is we have to work on ourselves to create an industry that attracts people in and then we can succeed together. Right. But if we, if we don't do that and people don't want to follow us into this industry it's going to be a it's going to be a rough deal for us. So, my thing is we have to take responsibility for where we're at with this uh,
0: industry. Thank you, Joe. Kirk, you get the last word.
4: I'm gonna share a little
1: review story. So, I bought a shop three years ago, three and a half years ago. Um, There's a gentleman that worked there for 30 years, and uh, he was a grumpy jerk, honestly, and uh, you know he just was. And I remember the first review we did you know we i sat in a room with this guy and i said you're a grumpy jerk um and his behavior is just not going to be tolerated you know and he he started crying like this is a grown rough and tough you know 38 year old man just crying and i'm like oh boy you know like think what he's like no one no one's ever had like the courage to look me in the eye and say you're not nearly as tough as you like present um and the behavior you exhibit doesn't work here and it won't work here and, you know, just being able to be honest with that guy, like he knew I cared about him and he knew I cared about everybody in that company. Literally within nine months of me taking that company over, his wife sent me a card. She actually called me on the phone as well and said, thank you so much. You know, like the, 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 the fact that you looked such and such in the eye and said, hey, no more being a jerk has changed our whole life. Right. Um, this card, you know, I have a few cards hanging on my wall, but that card hangs on my wall. And it's all from reviews. It's all from looking at people and saying, like, here's an honest assessment from an outside view because I care about you. Right. And that changed that guy's life dramatically. Um, you know, you you know, young guy with kids, I mean, you know, young or you know, guy with young kids, man, just changed the whole direction. She's like, he comes home from work now. And I don't need to give him an hour to sit on the couch and not talk to anybody. I no, just yeah. looked at him and said, "Hey, man, here's the truth: you're a jerk, and stop being that way. You're the one choosing to be that way." So, um, you know, that's that's the power. You know, it's just a story about the power of reviews and you know, looking someone in the eye and saying, Here, "Here's the truth."
0: Yes, <laughs> that's great. Yes, thank you all so much.
3: Thank oh, you, thank Carm, for everything Car- you It's possible because of you. So, thanks, thanks for continuing to move the pin on the industry.
0: Thanks, Eric. Thank you all. Have a great weekend.